0: Hello? 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 They're not calling you, Hello? Oh, oh, oh. It's a straight talk, folks. We're coming to you live from St. Patrick's Church in Wall, South Dakota. Brandon, I woke up this morning and I pulled out my maroon shirt and I was going to put it on and I saw my green shirt and I'm like, I'm going to put on my green shirt, St. Patrick, pray for us. I get here and it's St. Patrick's Church and I didn't know it was going to be. So and I, I also
1: pulled out my green shirt today.
0: So we're wearing our <laughs> green shirt. Father, are you wearing your green shirt? Green coat. Oh, green coat. Green, green, green jacket. <laughs> okay, so we're all at, well, we're all in agreement that. Wow. Uh, wow. Did you like that? One? Oh
2: yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Father's <Okay>. gonna laugh. <laughs> so, so folks, Somebody unless
0: has. you want to hear more of those really corny <laughs> jokes, you're gonna have to call we in.
2: We love them. Yeah,
0: because <laughs> Father to- Father Tony Grossenberg, the pastor here at St. Patrick's Church, is going to take your call at eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. Brandon, are there other ways people can get their messages in here?
1: Yeah, they can also submit their question on Facebook. We're streaming via Facebook Live this morning, so if you're watching on Facebook, good morning to you. Or, like Steve said, you can call 7950122. seven nine five zero one two two. I'm sure you can also send in an email or send a text. There's lots of different ways to get your question on with Father Tony Grossenberg. And I should say, you know, as we're sitting here at the Church of St. Patrick in Wall, that we do have donuts and coffee. So if you're listening right now and you happen to be in the Wall area, please stop by. We've got a few people sitting here listening. We've got a speaker set up, and uh, you can enjoy a nice cup of coffee and uh, a delicious donut homemade from the Wall drugstore. They're pretty good, aren't they, They're very good. Alrighty, so that number again, eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. Father, as we begin, is there anything on your heart this morning that uh, that you'd like to share with listeners, anything that uh, you've been thinking about or maybe from mass that uh, that's really struck you that you'd like to share?
2: More and more, as I'm in the priesthood, I keep realizing one of the most beautiful teachings of the church is divine mercy and the mercy that flows out of the pierced heart of Christ. And I think our world, our church, is in so much need of that mercy. And we need to keep offering up our troubles, our heartaches, our sin, all to the healing power of divine mercy. And I, that's really what's strong in my heart, mm. is the great saving power of divine mercy. Do you think we ever forget that the Lord
1: is is merciful? You know, it seems like when something goes wrong or or somebody does something wrong to us, uh, there's an instant focus on justice, right? Getting justice. always. always. But there's a merciful aspect of the Lord's heart that I think we need to
2: focus on, which is what you're talking about, right? Oh, definitely. You see that mercy at work I do as a priest in the Sacrament of Reconciliation. When somebody comes in, truly has a contrite heart, and is offering up their sins, their wrongdoings, and trusting in God's mercy. And then when you as a priest, you visit with them, and then you can say that prayer of absolution over them. The mercy is so beautiful, and when you leave the confessional, you feel like such a whole new person, because Mm. God has freed you from your sins. Yeah.
1: Yeah, especially, I'm sure, when when somebody comes back to the Sacrament of Reconciliation after being away for many years. Oh, yes.
2: Oh, yes. I think the Sacrament of Reconciliation is one of the most, greatest treasures of the Church, but one that's neglected, underused so often. You know, it used to be, I don't know how many, 60, 70 years ago, people would withhold from communion, feeling that I'm not worthy,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and then... Now it's people come up for communion, reconciliation, not so much. The church, they're meant to be both taken frequently. Mm -hmm. Sacrament of reconciliation and receiving the most holy body and blood of Christ in the Eucharist. They're meant to be in tandem and to be received frequently.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. He's on fire this morning. Folks, if you're listening right now, you can call in with your question. 877-795-0122. 877-795-0122. Father Tony Grossenberg, the pastor here at the Church of St. Patrick and Wall is taking your questions. He's got a lot on his heart, but he wants to hear from you as well. 877-795-0122. Or you can submit your question on Facebook like Denise did, Father and her question this morning is, while praying for our seminarians this past week we noticed that there were seminarians listed as college one through four, pre-theology and theology. Where do these distinctions come from and do those distinctions differ by diocese?
2: No, um, they're universal. College seminary is undergrad pretty much. Our diocese uses Immaculate Heart of Mary Seminary in Winona, Minnesota. They take college classes along with other students at the University of Mary, but then they also take philosophy and receive formation in the evenings. Pre-theology is for someone who has already an undergrad degree. They receive a background in philosophy and also formation time for discernment And theology is like grad school, um, or in the old days you would have called it major seminary, where you are concentrating on theology and always having discernment as well too. At all those times you are discerning, is God calling me to the priesthood? And the church is discerning, uh, is this person being called to the priesthood? So it's a matter of prayer, Of learning and of growing, always closer to the heart of Christ. Mm.
0: So, a follow-up question, that Father. So, there's uh, for our listeners: How many years, if if out of high school, how many years does it take for you to become a priest?
2: It'd be eight years out of high school. If you had an undergrad degree, normally six years: two of pre-theology, four theology.
0: And that, that hasn't always been that way in the church, right? No. Well, in the church, that wasn't the situation. But, but talk to us a little bit about, and we just talked a little bit about discernment of the religious life. Let's talk a little bit about the value of that eight years of discernment of priesthood. And training, of course.
2: And training, of course. What's it's always getting your heart closer to that of Christ and understanding what he's calling you to do in this life. And also a time for the church to be looking at you and prayerfully discerning and you grow closer as brothers in the lord together at the seminary when i was in winona over 20 years ago but you'd meet in groups you'd pray together you'd have conferences in the evening on different topics celibacy that kind of thing and you'd have apostolic work you'd go work at a local charity at the nursing home When you were in theology school, you would go, one year at least was spent doing hospital ministry at a local hospital to learn how to do that and to be compassionate to those who are suffering physically. So there's a lot built built in there, and it's also for a young man going into seminary. That's the beauty of it, too. You're discerning. You don't need to be like rock solid, certain. Oh, yeah, I can't go unless I know for certain God's calling me to be a priest. Especially during the college seminary formation. That's okay. If you go through that, you experience this, and then you in the church decide, well, no, maybe God's not calling me to this life. But you won't regret that time whatsoever. You have been growing closer to God in understanding the nature of the church. So it's never time wasted.
0: I can, I can re-echo that, Father. I was in seminary for two years, Cardinal Lynch Seminary in Fargo. Um, I went to NDSU for one year and then Cardinal Lynch for two years, and those were the most formative years of my life. Oh, yes. So, absolutely. And we actually, a couple of weeks ago, uh, visited with a, a young man who's going to Winona, uh, the seminary in Winona, and he, and he kind of re-echoed that same uh, sentiment of saying, you know, I'm called to the seminary. I don't know that I'm called to the priesthood, but I'm called to the seminary right now for discernment. And so, again, we don't have to... uh, We're only standing in in front of certain doors in our lives. We don't have to jump to door four, just walk from door one. Right, right,
1: right. Absolutely. Denise, thanks so much for your question on Facebook. If you want to submit your question on Facebook, you can. Just look for our Facebook live stream on our Real Presence Radio Facebook page. Or you can call 877-795-0122. That's 877-795-0122. We do have a few people listening as well. So if you ha- either of you have a question or anything you would like to ask Father. <laughs> and Carol's laughing. That's They're scaring me and, right now. And, and Father's scaring. on the
0: spot right now. <laughs> behind a microphone so he can't get away so yes. this is the time
1: yes that number again 877 <laughs> now father i think somebody might be trying to be funny we got a question on facebook that says is it true that radio makes you sound taller now if you don't know who father tony grossenberg is he's about six foot five 220
2: pounds lots of hair he was lots a linebacker hair, for linebacker uh, for the jets yeah the right jets. right yeah. <laughs> Who asked that question on Facebook? I want to know who asked that the question. The first name I'll give you is Craig. Hi, Craig. <laughs> I'm going to have fun with you later on.
0: <laughs> and you're going to
2: be my homily for the next four or five months. <laughs> Everybody in Wald will know you. <laughs> Excellent. So that number
1: again, 877 795 0122, to call in, or you can submit your question on Facebook. It's a good thing that you're a good sport, Father. Well,
2: you do got to get little <laughs> lower chairs. Yes. Sir. You, you know.
1: talked about having a, a stepladder to get up. Yes,
2: on there. these are, um, that's saying, you know.
1: <laughs> Alrighty. Well, uh, if you have your question, go ahead and submit it. Otherwise,. Uh, uh, Steve, we have a couple of topics that we wanted to uh, talk with Father about as well. What's what's the next one there? Yeah,
0: so uh, Father, let's talk a little bit about the Eucharist, because we were talking about confession and reconciliation and how um, it is an interesting thought that people many years ago would would keep, you know, would not go to communion because they hadn't been to reconciliation. Right. And now people are not going to reconciliation. Um, but let's talk a little bit, too, about the, the power of communion, Eucharist, there, there actually is a healing power of the Eucharist to forgive venial sins, obviously. Right, right. Um, let's talk a little bit about that, the value of Eucharist, uh, even not just Sunday Eucharist, but daily Eucharist. Jesus gives us himself
2: in his body and blood as food and drink for our body and soul. And the more we partake of him, the more he becomes a part of us, and we can let go of our earthly ways, of our sinfulness and become more like him. It's such a beauty to say mass and to see people and to give them the body and blood of Christ and to realize Jesus is coming to us as true food to nourish our heart, to nourish our spirit. It's such a beautiful thing. But I sometimes wonder... And I talked about this at my former parish quite a bit, St. Mary's and Lemon. We get so used to receiving communion. You do it every Sunday or every weekday, which is wonderful, but you forget maybe what it is you are receiving and what power there is in that. To receive the Lord in your hand or on your tongue, to drink his blood. You shouldn't do that lightly when you say amen when you come up and receive communion the body of Christ the blood of Christ and you say amen you are saying yes Lord I believe this is you and I believe
0: and it's a uh, something to to ponder um, yeah, I was thinking that you know the, the phrase in the in the Lord's Prayer give us this day our daily bread and obviously you could probably just take any phrase from the Lord's Prayer and and pray about it for about a week. Oh, Um, easily. But just that that phrase, you know, some people might think, well, give us this day our daily bread because I need food to eat today. But as Catholics, I think we understand that more as Eucharist, don't we? As
2: spiritual, as spiritual, give us our daily bread.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: So if you would like to ask Father Grossenberg
1: a question as we continue live on the road from the Church of St. Patrick in Wall, South Dakota, you can call 877-795-0122, just like this listener did. The question is, they're not on the phone, uh, but they wanted to submit the question, some seminarians spend time in Rome, which you know all about because you studied at the NAC, Father. Who determines that and why don't they all spend
2: time in Rome? Well, one, and, no, I went to Pontifical College, still speed okay, not North American. Yeah, Sorry about that. You haven't been to
0: Rome yet. No. We mean, were we talking about last night. night at supper. Yep, That's right.
2: Seminaries, um, it's up to your diocese and bishop, and sometimes the bishop, like when I was at seminary, you were given a, he, for major theology school, if I recall, um, it was Bishop Charles Chaput, gave me three or four options that I could choose. Rome was one of them, but I prayerfully discerned that no, God was calling me to go to the Josephinum in Columbus, Ohio. Other bishops just assigned the seminarian, discerning where God is calling them to be. But now a lot of North American seminaries are doing more trips to Rome or trips to the Holy Land, connect the seminarian toward the larger church. <laughs>
1: Thanks so much for that question. You can call in with your question as well at 877-795-0122, or as a couple more people have done, you can submit your question on Facebook. We have a Straight Talk graphic posted, or you can look for our On The Road live feed on, on our Real Presence Radio Facebook page. So let's get to the couple of those questions, Father, on Facebook here. Megan would like to know, she says, last week, Father Grossenberg talked about his involvement in Martha's Vineyard. I am involved in the pro-life movement, but no, don't know much about the specific of Martha's Vineyard. I do know women who have struggled with their abortion. How would I describe Martha's Vineyard? She might be referring to Rachel's Vineyard. Rachel's Vineyard. Vineyard. Yes. Rachel's
2: Vineyard. Uh, the Diocese of Rapid City offers, and also the Diocese of Bismarck offers, retreats for women or men. Who have suffered from an abortion and we are having one coming up very quickly in October. It's a retreat where you can find healing and forgiveness in the divine mercy of God and you can also have that chance to mourn for the child you lost or children you lost in abortion. The abortion industry you know they like to make it sound like it's nothing more than getting a mole burned off or a cavity or d- decayed tooth taken out not that big of a deal where no this is a human being a child made in the image and likeness of God and in Rachel's Vineyard you find that healing you can acknowledge this child as being yours and it's a beautiful place to come to receive that forgiveness. And it's remarkable, the transformations you see in this retreat. There are private locations, um, obviously, so if you need to go, I'll give you a phone number in a second for Carol Kling, coordinates it for both the diocese, of a bit smart in Rapid City. But you go there and you're with others who trust in God, who have found healing, have found forgiveness, and I'm always amazed from Friday evening then to Sunday afternoon when the retreat is finished. The transformative power of divine mercy is absolutely incredible. And if you are a man or a woman, and we men have come on these retreats too, and men have suffered because of abortions. You know, oftentimes we forget that it, it doesn't matter whether you're a man or a woman, this is a child of god and it breaks hearts of both sexes carol kling's phone number you could call her at any time 605 374 5639 that's 605 374 5639 well, thanks so much for
1: submitting that question, Megan. Now you know a little more about Rachel's Vineyard, and hopefully you can share it with those who you encounter, uh, who you know who may be struggling with, with their abortion so that they can find healing. 877-795-0122 is the call-in number to get on Straight Talk and ask your question to Father Tony Grossenberg. We have about, oh, nine minutes or so, so there's plenty of time for you to call in. Or you can submit your question on Facebook as... Megan did, and we have another Facebook post. This one comes from Pam. It says, Good morning, Father. My dear mother passed away on July 20th. I have nine siblings, and two of us have decided to send money to a North Dakota parish that has a willing priest that will do 30 masses needed for my mother to go from purgatory to heaven. I think this is called Gregorian Masses. We asked another brother if he would like to contribute to the Monroe's needed, the money needed for 30 Masses, but he said after discussing this with his local Bismarck priest, he was skeptical. Can you let me know what you think about this and if this is something that is a, a thing?
2: No, you're asking a very good question right there. Why do we offer up masses for those who are deceased? Mass is our union with the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross, and a mass in, in any mass we pray for all the dead. If you listen carefully to the priest when he's praying the Eucharistic prayer, he's offering up you you specifically offer it up for all the dead. But oftentimes, you are also saying mass for one particular person and asking God's grace and salvation to be with them. We are praying for the poor souls in purgatory in that that regard. And we're praying that Jesus' sacrifice on the cross may bring them closer to heaven. Your question with the Gregorian Mass, I don't know if I've ever heard that phrase before. Every Mass has sacrificial power and has grace. One thing I would double check is this priest in union, with Holy Mother Church, and is he offering up the sacrifice in union with his bishop and with, uh, with the community, with the church overall? I hope that helps. Yeah.
0: I think, and the question, I would do a follow-up question, so we do at Real Presence Ready, we have masses, so you can have uh, nine masses said for somebody that called a novena of masses. Oh, yes, nine right, days. right. And then you can have 30 masses said for somebody, which I think, like, the, the Seraphic um, there's oh. a, does that. They do the, the 30 masses. And there's also local priests who will do it for us. Right, right, well. right, yep. right. Um, and so let's talk a little bit. Do you have another question? Yeah, uh, okay. We
1: do, but I think this is important. I'll follow up just a little
0: more with it, Father. Um, to help understand, cause even myself, cause so we talk about how the, the mass has infinite grace, right? Yes. Um, and sometimes as Catholics, we're like, we get into this formulaic thing of okay, I'm going to have 30 masses said for this person so that they go to heaven. Well, while a mass has infinite grace, it doesn't necessarily mean that once we do these, it's, it almost becomes uh, uh, kind of a superstition. Right. If I follow these things, this will happen. But only the Lord knows. Yes. the 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 needs of this person for them to come from purgatory to heaven. Right.
2: Yeah, but, and we're also.
0: We're caught
2: up in time and think like that when the mass and the power of the resurrection and all that, that's in eternity. And when we get caught in that, like you said, superstitious, like, that's great to have 30 masses said for somebody's salvation. No problem with that. Yep. But it's, I guess what I was thinking the word kept popping in my head. It's not like magic. You do yep. boom, boom, boom. Now this is definitely going to happen. It's all God's grace. Yeah. All related to God's grace. And that's what we do. We offer up that it's God's grace. And so yes. But yeah, I get saying thirty masses, seven masses, that's wonderful.
0: Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: So, so, I mean. so so Pam, I hope that uh, helps you uh in as far as uh, determining uh, on having the masses said for for your uh, for your loved ones who've recently passed
0: and and the local priest too pam might be thinking well i don't know if i can do 30 masses consistently for that intention because i have other people who right. are asking for that you're intention.
2: not supposed so. thank you that's a good point you're not supposed to take more masses than you can say in a year right sure. you know so could yep. that could be part of it too so yes. a lot
0: of times pam what we do is we go to the, the retired priests who don't have parishes have a lot of lot of masses because they say mass every day but they don't have a parish so they're looking for intentions so you might might go to a retired priest and and, and ask him to do it too so
1: yeah. So thanks for sending in that question on Facebook, Pam. You can submit your question as well on Facebook or call 877-795-0122. That's 877-795-0122. You're listening to Straight Talk as we continue on the road live from the Church of St. Patrick in Wall, South Dakota. I'm one of your hosts this morning, Brandon Clark, joined by Executive Director Steve Sponskowski. And our Esteemed guest of the morning is the pastor of St. Patrick's Church, Father Tony Grossenberg. We do have another question that came in on Facebook from Kelly, Father, says, in regard to the current crisis in the church, what do you say to someone who thinks they can't keep coming
2: to church? Mm -hmm. That's a real good question. It's very hard, especially, I mean, for all of us, but me as a priest, when you see a brother priest who's fallen who's hurting somebody who has hurting the church it it is very sad the church is always human we must remember that but the church is also divine it's full of god's grace and god's forgiveness and god's mercy and to think of that and to realize that Part of my thinking is, too, if you don't come to Mass, if you decide I'm not going to come, you are shutting yourself off to that divinity, to that grace. And it's also God working through you to help you, through you, to help you make the church divine, more the image of Jesus that it's supposed to be. You, as laity... You're part of the church. And by coming to church, by taking part in your parish, you can make the church image Christ more and more. The only one that gains, I think, if people, you know, I'm not going to go because this or that or this. The only one that gains by that is the evil one, the devil. You know, he's like, oh, oh, good. I got, I scored double there Mm -hmm. or triple or whatever.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So don't punish yourself or the church by not by not coming to the sacraments.
2: Yeah. D-
1: do you think too some of it is is people are just looking for an excuse not to come? Is there anything that plays in yeah. the They they already have one foot out and and they're they're maybe just looking for something.
2: Yeah, I'd say so. But it, it, it's still I because I've seen it in some of my former parishes. It is very hard when somebody you love or some maybe yourself. When you've been hurt by the church, and especially when you've been taught for many years, you know, the priest, the sister, whomever, they represent God. You have such respect for them. And then they turn around and do such damage. So, yeah, it can be maybe an excuse. But I guess I, I have a lot of sympathy for that, too, because it, the wound that comes from a minister or sister or whoever who's messed up, it's a very, very deep wound. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very deep wound.
0: Yeah, and and the best place to get that wound healed is with yes, the, the church, church.
2: and uh, and by being part of the church, you can help to heal that wound. God's working through you. You know, I guess let's say um, if you'd be part of the solution, yeah, right there, and that's very true. God works through you.
1: We have just a couple of minutes here left on Straight Talk. If you want to submit your question, we don't have the time for a call, but we, we can uh, take your question on Facebook if you want to submit it there really quickly. Otherwise, Father, we have just about a, a minute or so. Uh, we've talked a lot of, uh, about a lot. We've covered a lot of uh, ground in the questions and the various topics. Is there anything, uh, as we close here, that, that sticks out to you or that you'd like to reiterate or, or just touch on?
2: Being a part of the church... It's such a god-blessed beautiful thing being a priest being part of the consecrated religious life as we heard about earlier being a married person being part of the church it's all such a beautiful thing so remember you are part of god's holy church absolutely well
1: thanks so much for being on with us father